The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Bike lanes, mm. eh? We've talked about them a lot here on this show, and you've certainly engaged with us when we have you, the listener. Uh, we've come pretty, uh, we've come down pretty hard on them and the city, and their strategy or lack thereof. We had, uh, we've had lots of questions that we've wanted to ask cyclists, and today is our opportunity. Yeah, we thought we'd go uh, straight to a couple of avid cyclists, two people who are on their bikes every day: Dr. Darren Markland and Alan Sheets, the former president of the Alberta Bicycle Association. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us in studio. Mm, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. Okay, now one of you drove, one of you took the bike. You rode your bike here. I did. Darren? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't think I would be your representative cyclist. I'm I'm a guy who rides my bike all the time through all the seasons, uh, and I do so because I believe in it uh, at a very fundamental level because I'm a doctor. Uh, Alan would represent probably a more average cyclist who picks different modes of transportation depending on what the needs are and what uh, what the day entails for Well, therein lies the problem when we talk about cyclists in general, because if I buy a bike this afternoon, I'm a cyclist. So it's hard to say that that group of cyclists is a homogenous group of some oh kind. Oh, God, no. No. And in fact, that term is kind of purgative in a way that... Uh, and I don't like labels because I find it kind of hinky, but... People who just try to get around on bicycles, I think, would be a better way of doing it. But sure. it's a bit verbose. I suppose. Alan, is it, is how there, often yeah. are you on your bike? Uh, I, I'm on my bike almost every day. Okay. I, I, I uh, you know, ride because I like it, mm-hmm. you know, just for, for fun, you know. If, but do you it, use it to get uh, to, to the office in the morning? Do you, that sort of thing? Both. Yeah. Uh, so about four days a week, I'll ride to work. Uh, one day a week, I might take take a car because I have to visit uh, clients mm-hmm. or, you know, people in other locations. So it all depends what my schedule is and mm-hmm. where I have to go at the time. Now, Alan, you're a former president of the Alberta Bicycle Association. Let me ask you a really blunt question. Has the city of Edmonton um, had the right strategy for bike lanes in this city? Is it perfect? No, but it is good. I think that they, they've you know made some big strides, uh, and I very much like the fact that they've started, rather than just having a random bike lane here or there, <laughs> having an actual grid where the lanes connect to each other. Now you can actually use them to get somewhere. So especially for downtown streets, it's wonderful because it's made it safer. You can ride without being in the way of other traffic. So it makes it better for drivers and better for cyclists. Do you think though, if the rollout had have been made more sense, had there been a more clear-cut strategy to how the city did it, that there wouldn't have created this animosity between <laughs> those who cycle and those who don't? Uh, I think they tried. Uh, I mean, you know, just like uh, anywhere on city council, there were people for it, there were people against it. So that meant that you couldn't just do a straightforward strategy because there were disagreements on how that strategy would be anyway. So just like, you know, normal life, people with different opinions, so different things happen. And so I want to know what Darren thinks about, you know, that, you know answering the same question. Do you, would you, are you on the same page? What do you think about uh, the strategy that the city is? I cannot play poker, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I was a mess at first, right? They, uh, 
I know people who, who were tasked with doing a huge job with no money. And you get what you pay for. The initial outlay was all over the place. It didn't was wasn't connected. Uh, it really didn't serve the purpose of what any transportation system is, which is to get people from one place to another. Uh, and they realized that. But yes, that caused a lot of animosity. People well, slapped it, down paint. Yeah, well, it was just exactly. All over the place. Yeah. Blue Quill comes to oh, mind that's right exactly away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, where, you know, let's get rid of parking and put some paint on the road, and hey, we've got a network. Would you agree that that did create an animosity between those who drive cars primarily and those who cycle? And is that animosity still, still there? Did you see the little article in the journal about why can't we all get along? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you apply that to any group other than cars versus cyclists? (laughs) We're pretty tribal as people in general. And so when our territory gets impinged on, or at least we feel like we're losing something, we get our backs up. Now, I think the big part of why I'm here is to try to humanize the face of the quote-unquote cyclist. Uh, and that's a really important part of getting along is realizing that we're all just trying to get places, do the things that we normally do from day to day. I think one of the things that people, uh, certainly what, what, what we hear on, on the text line and through the phone number is like, it seems that cyclists just kind of go by their own rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, now I don't you said know if that you're like being it's a being sarcastic no, there no, no. or not. Do you? Okay, you're in the music industry, right? Yeah. Okay, do you remember when file sharing started? Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Napster, even before that, before P2P networks, there were, there were ways of stealing music. Most of those people didn't want to steal music. They just wanted an easy way to get music so that they could listen to it. And then Steve Jobs says, hey, I'm going to give you a delivery method. It's legit. You can do it. You get to pay for it. You get to be a good citizen. That's bike lanes. The majority of cyclists want to be good people. They want to get there safely. There's good studies that show that most of the traffic infractions, like riding on, on sidewalks or um, not following the same rules as mm-hmm. a car, are to keep the cyclists out of harm's way. You p- all of a sudden put a protected infrastructure in the way, it gets really easy. And that's some of the metrics of the study of what the Edmonton uh, Council is studying, is are the number of traffic infringements from cyclists being reduced with the new infrastructure? Well, you say that, using your analogy, that these, like Napster, they just... And I was uh, I was among those people you're talking about. I, I still am when it comes to television shows. I don't want to download them illegally, but make them available for me to download, and I'll, I'll pay for them. Yeah, everybody wants to get that concert that nobody else had. Right, but the difference is... I'll pay for them. The cyclists aren't paying for it. So why aren't they licensed? Why don't they have insurance? Well, the, the thing, they're not paying for it. A municipal infrastructure, that comes out of my city taxes. I own two houses uh, for various reasons. I'm trying to sell one. But, uh, is that a plug? Yeah, what the? <laughs> how many square feet? <laughs> wants to buy the Where's that house, Alan? But, uh, is there a bike lane anywhere near because I'm not doing it? The, 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 po- the point is... I'm paying property tax as much as anyone else. Sure. Now, That's I'm paying property facility. tax to drive on the roads. You're paying property tax to drive on the roads yeah, as well. Just like I'm also paying a, a fee, though, for licensing and insuring my vehicle, That's but the cyclist is not. That's nothing to do with the not. city bike lanes. Not a cent goes towards that. No, but if you licensed bikes, uh, that money would. Well, the, the thing is, if you look at uh, the cost of licensing, and also for motor vehicles, because that, that argument has come up a lot of times over a lot of years, is the cost of administrating licensing for cars as well. The actual registration fees don't pay for roads. They pay for the administration of registration. 
so that there's license plates for police, you know, for for vehicle thefts, VIN numbers are recorded. It, the government isn't very efficient, but you know that's that's the nature of yeah, for sure. Well, let, let me ask it a different way then. For the sake of uh, safety on our roads, why? Sh- if you want to be on, if the cyclists want to be on the roads, if they're going to share the roads, shouldn't everything on the road be some in some way insured? That's a, a good question. The reason that insurance started is when people, you know, motor vehicles st- first came out, it was a replacement for horses. There wasn't insurance. And eventually there were accidents, people were injured, and they sued each other. And all of a sudden it became, over time, these things happened enough times that people, you know, were run over, lifelong injuries. Uh, sometimes vehicles will run into a 7-Eleven. You know, we know all those incidents. Uh, and there's, there's huge costs to accidents of any kind. So that's why insurance originated, so that the people in, as a pool could deal with those costs. Now, you look at what damage a car can cause in an accident. What, you know, when's the last time you heard of a guy on a 10-speed broadsided an SUV and killed a family of four? You know, what are the real costs? Well, recently I've heard of five cyclists getting injured in Sherwood Park. Exactly. They're the victim, not the person who injured a whole bunch of people. Is that not still open to a bit of debate, though? Because weren't they driving in the center lane? That's an interesting one. Uh, so if you if you look at the place that it happened, there's a lot of photos. Uh, you can look, for example, on the CBC or Global or anywhere. And in the background, you'll see a place called Weiss Johnson. Uh-huh. And that just happens to be the business along the Sherwood Park Freeway where it happened. So you can tell exactly where that collision happened. And then you can look at, okay, what's the road like there? And in fact, there's two lanes that go straight ahead, the main freeway. And there's also, and take a look on Google Earth, there's a a ramp that comes and merges off 17th. So it's a merging, it's not really a lane, it's just where it comes onto the road. And that you could consider to be a third lane, but it's only for people that are turning on or off the freeway. So if you're proceeding straight, and whether this is in a car or a grader, a combine or a bicycle, if you're proceeding straight, you're in the rightmost of the two lanes that go straight ahead. And yes, there's a lane merging from the right, but you shouldn't be on that lane unless you're merging or, or going off onto the handing. All right, so without we have to take a break. Without getting then specific to that, because bikes and cars. You were getting specific. Well, I was, but I mean, no, no, but since you want to talk about, you know, your answer just said that, well, you know, there's some question as to whose fault it was. No, there's no question. You can see exactly what's there. There's two straight ahead lanes. Yes. But without going over the lanes, whose fault was it? You asked about the lanes, so I'm going to answer about that. And that is, they were in the rightmost lane of the lanes that went straight ahead. So that's where they were supposed to be. And that's what the Sherwood Park Fire Chief and the RCMP said. What they were investigating is what was happening in that off-ramp. Did somebody merge and not see them? Were they trying to move over across it onto the shoulder? What exactly was happening? And that's what's under investigation. Right. right so now. my point being, then we'll take the break, <laughs> that if there's a no-fault accident, but somebody's injured, only one has insurance, the driver of the car. 
So, Shouldn't the cyclists have insurance? Well, I have a question. Well, let's take the break, and then you ask me your question. I'm sorry to cut you off, but everybody's screaming at me. We are going to run out of time here at 2.49. Uh, Alan Sheets joining us uh, in studio along with Dr. Darren Markland, both uh, cyclists. We're talking, talking cycling, bike lanes, and just about anything else, it seems, right now. We'll be back right after this. Right, it's 2.53 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Thanks for joining us. We're talking cycling and bike lanes today with Darren Markland and Alan Sheets, both uh, cyclists um, on their bikes on a regular basis. Uh, Dr. Markland, to and from, back and forth to work all the time. Year-round you cycle. Yeah, year-round. Year-round. How tricky is that <laughs> come wintertime in this city? We're Canadians. This is oh, the north on. wind blows in our blood. <laughs> your your dad was probably one of the people who you know went back and forth to work, walked both ways up in a hill. Yeah, and yeah. We're yeah. tough. We're just kind of forgetting that these days. How many cyclists are there out there? And I, I don't know if you can come up with a number like that because it seems to a lot of folks that what's being put in place. Um, the need, it's a lot for maybe the number of people who are actually using it. Well, you've you've asked me how how many people cycle, and the last figure I remember, and this is from when I was uh, with the Alberta Bicycle Association, uh, you know, some years ago, so I can't speak to the figure today, but at that time, uh, Alberta Recreation did a survey of Albertans, and they said 42% of Albertans ride a bike. Well, there's so, a difference between riding a bike and, and, and using it as your primary mode of transportation. Yeah, yeah that's for correct. sure. Yeah. I mean, what's nice is now that the city actually has metrics, we can measure this. Before, it was all supposition. Um, so now we've seen that with bike lanes, ridership in the downtown core has increased by 81% from its baseline level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of the example about, well, how many people are swimming across the North Saskatchewan to get there? <laughs> well, you can't judge what demand is until you put the bridge there. But you put a bridge there and you'll see people cross. That's what's happening with bike lanes. There's this pent-up demand for people to be able to get back and forth in the easiest way possible. And so for some people, that's in a car. Uh, For some people, that's taking a bus. In Edmonton, that's probably the minority. Sorry, not to slag transport, but we have a long way to go there. But most trips are under five kilometers that the majority of people take. And that's that's the sweet spot for getting around on a bicycle. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you want to try and get one of those calls done before the top? We have less than a minute here, so I less think we'll hold on. All right, I'll, I'll, over to our texting page then. Just a comment for your guests, uh, recyclists and insurance. I was hit by a cyclist. I was actually parked, and a cyclist who wasn't watching where he was going dented my car. I had to pay out of pocket myself because he hit me. How is that fair? That's not. That's unfortunate. That's, that's an accident. But I think this is in regard to the question, why don't bikers have some sort of insurance? Uh, Well, most people have personal insurance, and there are small claims courts that can be utilized to get damages off of people who ride into into your vehicle. Sure, but that goes back to the point of it used to be that we had to sue each other to to recover our damages. We don't want to get that But I'm okay with being sued, because the number (laughs) of people who actually do that is very, very small. So you want to put in a huge, ungainly system for a very small problem, so be it. But I think most of us really don't like a lot of infrastructure and paperwork. I'm a doc. I hate filling in paperwork. (laughs) If it's four or five incidents, and I know everybody who said, yeah, somebody ran into me, you also have people who key your car in parking lots. 
not. You can't get that back either. Life happens, but let's make sure that it's really worth the amount of effort that we put into a system that's going to be ungainly and provincially regulated. The 3 o'clock news coming straight up. Alan and Darren have been kind enough to say that they will stick around for the next half hour. We will get to the phone lines. Would you get to the phone lines? The anger is going to be percolating. (laughs) By the time they get to me, it's going to be just ugly. We're going to do some deep breathing here during the 3 o'clock news. These people are in cars listening to this in rush hour traffic. I don't believe you. If I, if I was in a car in rush hour, I'd be pissed off too. Stuck behind traffic. Hold on. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.